0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 643 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, very special episode, going to give Ryan Strom a proper send-off. Obviously, he... And the uh, first day of Unrestricted Free Agency signed with the Anaheim Ducks. He goes there along with uh, Frank Vitrano So the Ducks have uh, a couple of former Rangers now on their team. I actually, uh, not too long ago, joined J.D. Hernandez of Locked on Ducks on his show and talked about uh, both of those players. Just kind of gave Ducks fans the lowdown on both of them. And uh, eventually I'll be posting that as a bonus on YouTube, the New York Rangers Locked on YouTube channel. But uh, yeah, for today, I figure what we can do, going to be very, very similar to what we did for Alex Georgiev in episode 635. It's basically just a tribute episode, a way to say thanks to uh, somebody that did a really nice job for the New York Rangers, you know, with Strom, obviously a polarizing player to be sure, and I'm going to acknowledge some of the more frustrating aspects of his game. I do want to be fair here, and I think, you know, what we'll do is actually lead off with some of that stuff because, you know, it's one thing when somebody goes on Twitter, and they just bash players and just mindlessly hate everybody and every single player for every little thing that they do wrong. Uh, It's quite another, though, when you have legitimate critiques, legitimate criticisms of a certain player, and some of the things that certain fans said about Ryan Strome uh, certainly do have merit. You know, I'm not going to come on here and act like he was a perfect player. I do get the feeling that, you know, compared to other Ranger fans, I, I had a more a better opinion of Ryan Strom than certain other fans. I think that's for sure. Uh, But for starters, you know, again, we'll kind of run through, again, some of the more frustrating aspects of his game, but I'm also going to explain why I think Ryan Strom is going to probably be one of the more underappreciated Rangers in recent history. So we're going to get to all this. For starters, though, again, for the people that were kind of Strom naysayers, you could start with the fact that he wasn't very good on the faceoff circle. You know, we've talked about how the Rangers—that's an area where they've struggled for a long time. I saw a stat the other day. I think the last time that the Rangers won more than half of their faceoffs was in like 2007, 2008. So it's obviously an area where they've struggled, and Strom didn't really do much to help them there. Uh, in the four years that he spent on the Rangers, are really three and a half seasons. But you know, we'll include all four seasons that he was there for at least part of them. Uh, Going in descending order from most recent to least recent, Strom on the faceoff circle won 44% this past season, 43% the year before that, 48% the year before that, and 47% the year before that. For his career, he's at 45.3%, so never been really one of the stronger aspects of his game. And probably more importantly, and I think it's one of those things that kind of sticks in the craw of the Strom naysayers, he's by no means the most physical center in this league. I mean, I think a lot of people from your centers, you expect good, hard-nosed defense. You expect somebody that's going to go to the dirty parts of the rink, you know, win those board battles. Not that Strom was like incapable of doing any of those things, but it certainly was not a strength of his game. So I think we had to acknowledge that. Uh, I just mentioned a second ago the overall defense from Ryan Strom. You know, I never really looked at Strom as like this tremendous defensive liability out there, but he's also someone, and the proof is in the pudding, he's not somebody that you would go to if you're the Ranger coach in a situation where, you know, it's late in the game, there's a minute or two minutes left, and you're trying to protect a one-goal lead. Strom's not going to be the first guy you put out in the ice in that kind of a situation. That's just kind of a, uh, I think that's a good example of what I'm talking about here because it just shows that there's a lot of other guys in terms of just defense, they would go to other guys before they would go to Ryan Stroman. That's true whether it's Gerard Gallant this year or David Quinn in years past. And, you know, generally speaking, I will admit, you know, he's one of those players that can frustrate you at times. I think uh, we probably can't go a second further without mentioning uh, the moment that I think a lot of people are going to remember when it comes to Ryan Stroman, fairly or unfairly. And honestly, it is fair to... You know, think of this moment pretty quickly when you think of Ryan Strome. I just hope that people don't think of this moment and only this moment. And I am, of course, talking about uh, the waiting minutes of Game 5 Eastern Conference Final against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, you know, I think most people probably remember the situation here, but just in case you need a refresher, uh, the Rangers and Lightning tied at two games apiece. You got Game 5 in Madison Square Garden here. And this game itself was tied at one goal apiece about midway through the third period of Game 5 at the Garden. So it's obviously anybody's game. You've got the Rangers in the Lightning Zone. Panarin's along the boards, makes an excellent backhand-centering pass to Andrew Cop. You know, he had somebody all over him, uh, shook him off, made the pass to Andrew Cop. Cop received the pass moving toward the net. He draws the attention of Vasilevsky and a couple of defenders as well. You know, they're converging on Kopp and then they kind of overcommit to Andrew Kopp, and Kopp with a brilliant pass to his left, another backhand pass, and Strom is wide open, and he's right there on the doorstep. Pass was a little bit behind him, but I'll be the first one to admit, even as a Strom supporter, he's got to be able to handle this pass. It wasn't as perfect as some of the Strom naysayers would have you believe, and I don't blame Kopp for not making a perfect pass here because, again, you know he received this pass with. Guy's all over him. He's got to make a backhand pass. He doesn't have a lot of room to do it. It was a brilliant pass by Kopp. Was not perfect. Was not right on the tape, as some people would lead you believe. But Ryan Strom is a second line center in the NHL. Got to be able to handle this pass. Got to be able to bury it into the empty net. He was unable to do so. By the time he got position, uh, excuse me, possession of the puck, it was too late. Vasilevsky was back in position. It was an absolute killer because if Strom buries that, You know, he's the hero of Game 5, more likely than not. I mean, you never know what can happen. Maybe Tampa comes back and ties that game. But obviously, the Rangers passed the midway point in the third period with a one-goal lead. I at least like their chances to win that game and uh, head back to Tampa up two games to one. So it's really, really unfortunate. And, you know, it's a moment that's probably going to stick to Ryan Strom, fairly or unfairly. I've seen on Twitter already, you know, the, the Strom haters, they're having a field day, man. They're already posting, I guess somebody tracked down, a video of Vincent Trocek scoring on a wide open net from basically that same exact spot on the ice, even the same side of the rink to boot. And, you know, he's scoring into the empty net and people are saying, oh, look, we got somebody who can actually score on an empty net. I mean, okay, make the joke. It's fine. But, you know, just just go a little bit easy on Ryan Strom. This guy did a good job for the Rangers overall. Um, as far as other critiques that you could uh, make, you know, there were times where I thought he would take a foolish penalty every now and then. I mean, for Every season that locked on Rangers has existed, other than this past season when they finally got this issue under control, I think the Rangers in general took a lot of foolish penalties, but uh, Strom was certainly part of the party uh, when it came to that. Um, and then every now and then, you know, he'll go through like a four, five, six game stretch where he just does not play well at all. Uh, in addition to bad penalties, you'll have bad turnovers. Just doesn't seem to be at the top of his game. He does tend to go through at least one rough patch every single season, or so it would seem. So again, this is all a way of saying that there are certain things to nitpick, and Ryan Strom was far from a perfect player when he was here. But I do think, once again, that the good outweighed the bad when it came to Ryan Strom and his three-and-a-half-year tenure with the New York Rangers, and I will explain why in just a second. We'll get into some of the highlights of Ryan Strom's uh, tenure with the New York Rangers, once again, three-and-a-half seasons. We will do that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys as always for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. There's a theme on here when it comes to Ryan Strom and how I've defended him basically since the existence of uh, Locked On New York Rangers. And it's a point that I've made uh, a couple of times over You know the 600 and whatever episodes we're on here. Uh, but the point that I've continuously made is for people that want to run Ryan Strom out of town, I've said this over and over, be careful what you wish for. Because quality centers are always, always, always at a premium in this league. They don't grow on trees. It's not easy to get your hands on a lot of good ones. And Ryan Strom has been a good center for this New York Ranger team over the past few years. And for everybody that's been, I'll get rid of Strom, trade Strom, Strom's no good, Strom's this, Strom's that. I've said, okay, so who centers the second line? And, you know, over the years, I mean, you could come up with different ideas, I guess. I mean, you know, this past season, Filipino struggled quite a bit. There might be some people that you know, despite his struggles, would have liked to have seen Philip Hedel get a little bit of an extended run with Artemi Panarin, but th- by that same token, you know, I don't think Hedel is necessarily, for the most part, played up to a level where you would be comfortable with him on the second line. Now, maybe Hedel gets a crack at the second line and playing with Artemi Panarin this upcoming season, I would think that would probably go to Vincent Trocek, but that's at least something that could be on the table. And you know this past season the Rangers obviously brought in Andrew Copp near the trade deadline and you know he's definitely suited to play a second line role I think but you know as it turned out Andrew Copp was just a rental for the Rangers and I think even when they brought him in they probably had the idea that it was more likely than not that he would be just that a rental so it's been a it took the Rangers a long long time to get somebody in place to take over the second-line center role from Ryan Strom. And that would be Vincent Trocek. Obviously, they signed him in this offseason here, and they opted to let Strom walk. So, you know, I do think that's an upgrade. I do think Trocek is the superior player overall, although there's certainly a debate to be had there as well. But again, Ryan Strom was there in that second-line role for the New York Rangers when there were no other options. As far as I'm concerned, there was no one else that the Rangers, for the vast majority of Ryan Strom's tenure with this team, could have even considered putting on the second line and playing along to- alongside Artemi Panarin. And I actually want to go ahead and take you guys back to the start of the 2019-2020 season. I know that feels like an eternity ago, but that's actually uh, the first season that Locked on New York Rangers came into existence. I can remember, uh, you know, taking a look at depth charts before the season started and trying to see, you know, where certain analysts believe that certain Rangers are going to be lining up and who's going to be playing with who the whole nine yards, you know, we're all fans. We all do this every single season, looking at depth charts and uh, looking at potential line combinations, but I will never forget this. I actually screenshot it in my phone because, you know, it's a depth chart and okay, this is handy. I can refer back to it from time to time. I still have this screenshot in my phone. I'll try to find it. Maybe I'll even post it on Twitter at some point here, but you guys will never believe going into once again, the 2019 2020 season Who was penciled in to be the second-line center on the Panarin line, no less, uh, going into that season? And, you know, for some context, the top-line center was obviously Mika Zibanejad. They had Ryan Strom listed on the third line. And I'll give you another little bit of a hint here. Uh, It's somebody who did not really pan out with the New York Rangers. I'll let you, you know, have a second or two here to formulate a guess. Guess who was slated to be the second-line center that season with the Rangers? That would be Brett Howden. Brett How, le- Yeah, let that sink in for a second. Brett Howden, in Artemi Panarin's first season with the New York Rangers, no less was expected at least I mean it was just one website I mean who knows for sure if if this is the way the Rangers were really looking to go but certainly Brett Howden was in contention to center the second line the Artemi Panarin line in Artemi Panarin's first season with the New York Rangers look I know a lot of players that play with Panarin they get what we call the Panarin bump you know everybody's stats are going to go up at least a little bit because you're playing with a phenomenal player Artemi Panarin's on a miracle worker, okay? I don't know how much more he could have been able to get out of Brett Howden, and I don't know if that ever was the actual second-line duo, you know, Howden and Panarin. If it was, it obviously didn't last long, because Ryan Strom, uh, pretty much from the start of Artemi Panarin's tenure with the New York Rangers, and of course, Strom was acquired in a trade the season before, but... The first season that those two were together, they put them on the same line, and it was like magic. You know, they they had instant chemistry, and there's a reason why two different coaching staffs have come and gone. I mean, Gerard Gallant's still there, obviously, but there's been two different coaching staffs with this Ranger team in the Panera and Strom era. And very, very rarely have they broken those two away from each other because they make magic together. They linked up for some of the most beautiful goals that we've seen the New York Rangers score over the past three seasons here. And Again, the Rangers, it goes back to the point that I keep making here. If Ryan Strome was not on this team for the most recent three seasons, they had nobody else to turn to. I'll go back to this example from 2019-2020. All right, we already mentioned on the step chart, it was Mika penciled into center of the first line. It was Brett Howden penciled into center of the second line. I, I can't even believe I'm saying that. And it was Ryan Strome uh, penciled into center of the third line. Guess who was penciled into center of the fourth line? Again, I'll give you a quick second here. It was Leas Anderson, so that is just dire, man. You know, you have got Brett Howden and Leas Anderson as two of your centers. It's a good thing the Rangers had Ryan Strome. There was nobody else to turn to, and obviously he did a heck of a job with Artemi Panarin. I'd say that combination worked out pretty well for the Rangers. Again, as soon as they were teammates, they were just in complete lockstep, and they're both such great passers, so they're able to set each other up with you know just some brilliant passes through some traffic, and again responsible was that duo for some of the nicest goals that we've seen the Rangers score, uh, you know, going back for these past three seasons here. And I also want to back up just a second and talk about the initial trade that brought Ryan Strom to the New York Rangers. The Rangers dealt Ryan Spooner to the Edmonton Oilers. It was a one-for-one trade, straight up, uh, Spooner for Strom. At the time when it happened, it felt just kind of random to me. I didn't really love it or hate it. It was just kind of like, okay, one Ryan for another. i don't really see why this is necessary, but okay, there's probably some logic behind this. And the reason why at first I was kind of lukewarm to it was Ryan Spooner, it's easy to forget this, he got off to a heck of a start with the New York Rangers. Ryan Spooner was acquired in the deal that sent Rick Nash to the Boston Bruins. The Rangers also got Ryan Lindgren in that trade. A lot of Ryans being being moved around uh, with these trades here. But yeah, they got Ryan Lingren, and then they flip uh, Ryan Spooner to the Oilers in exchange for Ryan Strom. So I'd say that Nash trade worked out pretty darn well for the New York Rangers. But yes, Spooner, you know, in the season that they acquired him, he skated in 20 games with the Rangers, scored four goals, dished out 12 assists. The following season, 16 games, just one goal and one assist. And then the trade happened. They sent him to the Edmonton Oilers and brought Ryan Strom to the New York Rangers. And again, Ryan Strom has been uh, just a very good second line center for the past three seasons here, while Ryan Spooner, Played in a grand total of only 36 NHL games after the Strom for Spooner trade occurred. He played 25 games with the Oilers in 2018-2019, and then he played uh, later that season 11 games with the Canucks, also in 2018-2019, and that was it. He hasn't been in the NHL since then. He's been playing in the KHL the last few seasons. So the Rangers absolutely fleeced the Edmonton Oilers in that trade. That's the the new word that the kids are using anytime one team absolutely just destroys another in a trade, they fleece them. Well, yeah, I think it's safe to say that, uh, you know, the Rangers obviously fleeced the Oilers here and brought in a heck of a lot better player than they traded away. It was one of the better trades, you would have to say, of the Jeff Gorton era. For all the Strom naysayers out there, there's a lot of things that can be said about Ryan Strom. But the one thing that you have to admit is that that was a heck of a trade for the New York Rangers. For all the flaws and you know, the certain holes that Ryan Strom may have in his game, even if I would argue that some of them are exaggerated, you have to admit that Rangers absolutely crushed the Oilers in that trade and uh, you know just won in an absolute landslide. And we will go ahead and continue talking about Ryan Strom and wishing him well in Anaheim, talk about what kind of a fit he might be there with the Ducks. They're kind of an interesting team heading into this upcoming season. And we will also get into some of Ryan Strom's uh, career highlights with the New York Rangers. We will do all of that in just a second. All right, so as far as, you know, other things that Ryan Strom brought to the table, I... Think you got to give him props for the role that he played on the New York Rangers power play unit. He was out there, obviously, with some great people, you know, Adam Fox and Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. That naturally helps, but I would say that Ryan Strom certainly pulled his weight on that power play unit most often playing the bumper role, doing a nice job kind of facilitating the puck around the rink and helping the Rangers be one of the elite power plays in the league over these past three seasons here. We'll just kind of zero in on these most recent three seasons. It's kind of hard to quantify you know, what they did in the games that he played with the team in the year that he came over in the trade. So we'll just focus in on the last three seasons when Strom was here for you know the entirety of all three of those campaigns. But yeah, I mean, the Rangers in those three seasons combined were ranked sixth in the NHL in power play efficiency. And keep in mind, of those three seasons, they were only a playoff team in the most recent one. Frankly, we're not that great of a team in years past. So Ryan Strom contributing on a team that wasn't very good for two years and helping them have one of the best power plays in the league. And if you want to look at those last three seasons combined, Ryan Strom on the power play, 11 goals and 38 assists. So 49 total points on the power play in the last three seasons. Now you could argue once again that he's getting lifted up by, you know, some of the, uh, other great players that are out there, and I would certainly agree with that. But, you know, the Rangers, they have options. There's other players they could have potentially put on that top unit over these past few seasons. They chose not to. They obviously liked what they were getting for Ryan Strom there, and uh, he did a great job in that role for the team. Once again, helping the Rangers have an elite power play over these past three years here. Uh, there's another stretch that I have to definitely call some attention to, and that was actually not this past season, the one that just concluded, but the one before that. There was a stretch where Artemi Panarin had to miss about three weeks. In fact, I think it was three weeks on the dot. And, you know, it was the result of a political hit piece on Artemi Panarin. And he's away for three weeks. And obviously, you know, the team was kind of in chaos. They had just dealt with the Tony D'Angelo situation not too long before that. Everything was just kind of a mess. Everything was just kind of collapsing. There were a lot of star players in the Rangers who were underperforming. You know, Chris Kreider was ice cold to start the season. He was going through one of his cold streaks. Uh, Mika Zabenajad was still dealing with the effects of COVID. And so... Ryan Strom essentially carried the team offensively. You know, he went off, and he obviously didn't have Panarin there. And, you know, again, there's so many people saying, oh, well, you know, Strom, he's only good because he's with Panarin. He'd be completely irrelevant if he was on some other line. You guys know how it goes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I never quite agreed with that. Again, I will acknowledge that he benefits from playing with him. But takes two to Tango, and those two, once again, uh, were just— you know, ideal line mates for the three years that they spent together here with the New York Rangers. But Strom, once again, without Panarin here for a long stretch, really stepped up and borderline carried this team offensively. You know, in those nine games that Artemi Panarin missed, Ryan Strom in that time had four goals and five assists. So not only did Strom, you know, prove that he could still be an effective player, even without Artemi Panarin he basically carried the team because, again, the Rangers were not getting a whole lot from Mika Sabanajad. By that point, Chris Kreider had started to heat up a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, that was a situation where, you know, the Rangers could have really gone into a tailspin. Ryan Strom ensured that it did not happen by, you know, playing some of the best hockey that we've seen him play on the Rangers. You know, he was a man possessed uh, during that time that Artemi Panarin was out of the lineup. I almost get the feeling, you know, given that Ryan Strom does have a reputation of being such a good teammate, and obviously him and Panarin were very close, he probably... Really wanted to deliver for this team while Artemi Panarin was away. And I will say one more thing about the Strom-Panarin combo because, yes, again, Ryan Strom does benefit from playing with him. And obviously, that has helped him over these past few years. But you know what nobody ever talks about? How about the fact that Artemi Panarin has maybe benefited a little bit from playing with Ryan Strom? I think the former is more true than the latter. However, you know, you look at Panarin's career numbers here and Artemi Panarin, for his first two years in the league, I don't think it was exclusively, but at least for a good chunk of his first two years with the Chicago Blackhawks, played out on a line with Patrick Kane. His rookie season, Panarin had 77 points in 80 games. His other season with the Blackhawks, the one after that, 74 points in 82 games. These numbers, and again, part of this probably has to do with, you know, Artemi Panarin becoming a better player over time, but then he goes to Columbus, 82 points in 81 games and 87 points in 79 games. His three years with the Rangers, you know, from... Least recent to most recent: 95 points in 69 games, 58 points in 42 games, and 96 points in 75 games. Yeah, he's done that while playing with Ryan Strom. So I think at a certain point, you got to give Ryan Strom at least a little bit of credit here, a little bit of a hat tip, and uh, you know, give him props for you know, obviously helping Artemi Panarin at least a little bit, helping Artemi Panarin uh, get to an even more elite level than he was already at. You know, before the Rangers signed him. The other thing that I got to point out, and this is uh, basically the last thing that Ryan Strom did with the New York Rangers, is he played through You know, what had to have been a pretty painful injury in the playoffs, the pelvis injury, I mean, that just sounds painful, and skated in 19 playoff games with the Rangers this past season, had two goals and seven assists, so nine points in 19 games. There were times throughout this playoff run where the Rangers simply were not getting enough from Ryan Strom and from Artemi Panarin, but I think at least, if nothing else, you got to give him at least a little bit of credit for gutting it out through the injury, trying to stay on the ice, trying to play in all these games. I think he ended up sitting out uh, maybe one game. I think it was in the Tampa series. Yeah, he would have missed one game because the Rangers played 20 playoff games and Strom appeared in 19 of them. And even in game six, you know, he could barely skate, but he was out there trying to give it a go, trying to do what he could to help the Rangers stave off elimination. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out, and uh, that ended up being the last game of Ryan Strom's tenure with the New York Rangers. But I think you got to give him at least some props for playing through what had to be a pretty painful injury. And something else I got to mention, I always thought Ryan Strome was a really good teammate. You know, just you just watch them. You don't need any, you know, articles or behind-the-scenes footage to see this. Just watch him interact with his teammates on the ice, on the bench, all that good stuff. He's somebody that over time, throughout his three and a half seasons with the Rangers, I think gradually grew into a little bit more of a leadership role. Started playing with, you know, just a little bit more feistiness, a little bit more fire. And I'll never forget you know, what happened with the whole Tom Wilson debacle toward the end of, again, not this past season, but the one before that. We all know the story by now. You know, Tom Wilson goes completely berserk. He ragdolls Artemi Panarin. Before he ragdolled Artemi Panarin on that play, though, he started the whole thing by taking Pavel Buchnevich down to the ice, basically drove him face down in the ice with his stick across the back of Buchnevich's neck, and then he punched him in the side of the head while Buchnevich is face down on the ice. Strom sees this, And look, he's no match for Tom Wilson, but he jumped on Tom Wilson, had him in a headlock, wrestled him down to the ice. Uh, Somebody in the Capitals, I believe it was Nick Dowd, kind of jumped on Ryan Strom after that. And then Wilson's trying to, you know, start punching Ryan Strom. I mean, he's looking to just hit anything that's moving. And at that point, that's when Panarin kind of jumped on Wilson, tried to pull him away. And then, you know... He ends up ragdolling Artemi Panarin down to the ice, and, you know, the rest is history. Two nights later, or whatever it was, Rangers play the Capitals again. It's fight night at Madison Square Garden, and uh, Ryan Strome in that game, he ends up getting into a fight, and, you know, he won that fight. He, uh, Who did he go against? It was, I have it written down here, Lars Eller, and Strome clearly won that fight. He landed more punches, uh, threw him down to the ice at the end of the fight, kind of landed on top of him. Always a nice little exclamation point at the end of a good scrap in a hockey game. But I'm telling you, man, there's no way that Ryan Strome was going to go through all 60 minutes of that game and not get into a fight with somebody. He saw what had happened to his friend and he was out there, you know, looking to, to land a couple of punches and mix it up with somebody. I would bet anything. And they actually showed Ryan Strome at the start of this game because he was sitting on the bench and he was kind of like, Leaning forward and just kind of looking really intently because he knew. He knew that game was going to start with a line fight, just like all of us knew that that game was going to start with a line fight. But I would bet you anything that Ryan Strome was just dying to start that game for the New York Rangers. They went out there with the fourth line. Uh, it was Blackwell, Rooney, and Phil Giuseppe. And of course, none of these players are even on the Rangers anymore, which tells you how much a team can change in just a couple of seasons. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, Strom, he was in the middle of all that as well. The initial assault by Tom Wilson. Ryan Strom was right in the middle of it, trying to break it up. And then, once again, there's no way that this dude was not going to get into a fight on behalf of his teammates and on behalf of Artemi Panarin uh, in the second of the two matchups between the Rangers and Capitals there. So, again, somebody who, once again, emerged in a leadership role. He was an alternate captain for the Rangers this past season. I know it's easy to laugh at that because... Well, six alternate captains, but still, you know, there's a lot of guys that the Rangers could consider for that role, and Ryan Strom was one of them, and, uh, you know, I think well-deserved. I think, once again, he grew into that leadership role and was always a good teammate uh, for this Ranger team, and, you know, to just kind of wrap things up here and offer my final thoughts here, I will concede that, you know, with Strome's contract running out, and it was a two-year deal worth four and a half million dollars. He got a little bit of a raise, five years and five million. It probably was time to let Ryan Strome walk in free agency. You know, there's part of me, the fan of me says, ah, man, just keep the band together and let's go win a Stanley Cup and keep as many of these guys on this team as you possibly can. But we knew this was coming. We knew for the most part that a lot of these guys that were impending unrestricted free agents for the Rangers were probably going to be on their way once this past season ended. And indeed, that is the case. Uh, But he goes to the Anaheim Ducks. Again, he's out there with Frank Vetrano. That's kind of cool. I could see myself maybe pulling for the Ducks a little bit in the Western Conference. They obviously are coming off of a bad season, and they got a couple of uh, former Rangers on their team now. It's also worth pointing out uh, that the Rangers actually play host to the Ducks in their fourth game of the upcoming season. And knowing how this usually goes when the Rangers play their former players— we could probably go ahead and pencil in Ryan Strome as well as Frank Vitrano for about five combined points, you know, when the Rangers and Ducks play each other at Madison Square Garden on that night. But I'm sure, you know, they'll prepare some kind of a video for Strome. He'll get a nice hand from Ranger fans. And uh, I'm really happy for Strome. He got to cash in here. He finally got a long-term contract. He was joking on exit interview day that, you know, his ELC is the longest contract of his career. Well, no longer because he's getting five years at $5 million a pop. And again, to just kind of conclude this, I do think he was a much better player for this team than how he'll be remembered by at least a certain amount of Ranger fans. There's probably some Ranger fans right now that uh, were never the biggest Ryan Strome fans as well, and that's completely fine. But again, somebody that I think is destined to go down is one of the more underrated Rangers of probably you know the past decade or so, however far you want to go back here. Did some really good things, always a good teammate, uh, a leader and someone who went through a lot with this Ranger team. We know how crazy it's been over these past few seasons. All the ups and downs, it's been a complete roller coaster ride. And I'm glad that, you know, he was one of the constants on this team got to go through at least one lengthy playoff run with them this past season. And I do think Ryan Strom is going to be missed in that locker room because I think he was a really popular player and uh, again, a good leader and a good teammate for all of his guys. But again, all the best to Ryan Strom. With the Anaheim Ducks, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do over there with the Ducks alongside Frank Vitrano. They might even be line mates. But again, definitely wanted to do this. You know, anybody who spends a certain amount of time with the New York Rangers and contributes to the team in a mostly positive way, we're obviously going to give them a tribute episode uh, whenever they leave, whether it's free agency or a trade or retirement, whatever it might be. And uh, again, all the best to Ryan Strom. I think he really did a heck of a job while he was here and, you know, stepped up and led this team from some dark times to some good times. The Rangers are in a better place now at the end of Ryan Strom's tenure than they were at the start of it. And I think that's something that, once again, he certainly deserves credit for. I figure we can pretty much call it there, but this is, however, your daily reminder that Tyler Mott is still an unrestricted free agent. We're going to keep doing this until he either signs with the Rangers or signs somewhere else. Uh, we're almost a week into free agency. We are a week into free agency, and uh, Tyler Mott still looking for you know a home or maybe waiting for the Rangers to make some room for him. Who knows? Impossible to know for sure what's going on behind the scenes right now, uh, but at least the door is still cracked for a Tyler Mott return. We will see how it shakes out. I still think it's more likely than not that he moves on in free agency. But never say never. Uh, certainly, again, it, it's at least possible that he's back with the Rangers this upcoming season. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers@gmail.com. gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.